Uh, hello, welcome to the Push My Buttons podcast. <laughs> you have this spectacular Panda Pat starting the podcast like an awesome person and totally not nervous about it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, you... I am joined with Jamie and Mike, hey. Captain Platinum and <laughs> Dungeon Master Mike. Sorry. <laughs> At least put my nickname on there so you guys know what to say. <laughs> when I logged in, it just had my name straight up. I think I logged into Zencaster earlier and the cookies just sort of saved. So it's just my name is just there instead mm. of Dungeon Master Mike like normal. But yeah, this is Dungeon Master yeah, Mike. Created the... <laughs> We're cutting in hey, on Dungeon each Master other Mike. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me start. The hard part of us not being in the same room. Yeah. This is Dungeon Master Mike, and last night I learned that The Sims has some pretty uh, unique mods. <laughs> Panda Pat sends us a picture of The Sims. <laughs> the only one that learned that. Oh, yeah, man. this has been on for years. <laughs> I had no idea. It was so well, like. Well, what do you think people do when they simulate life? Well, I guess I guess so because like when when I played The Sims as a kid, I like there was always rumors of like there's a mm -hmm. way to mod the game to take away the sensor bars like when when they're showering and stuff and everyone's just like, ooh, how do you do that? that wasn't right? Even a mod that was a cheat. Yeah, I didn't know they how didn't to really do have it. Mods back then they had cheats. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. I, guess. I totally did that all the time. <laughs> what Mike's trying to say is he's been playing The Sims all night and all morning. <laughs> I try to figure this out. Pictures. I showed it to Michelle. I she was just like shortcuts. What was that? <laughs> I try to give people shortcuts by telling them they can go to Pornhub to see what they kind of shit they can do. <laughs> so Michelle, I showed the picture to Michelle, and she was just like. How do I get that installed in my Sims 3 file? <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, that's great. We're best friends now? Yep. <laughs> she says hi, by the way. Uh, oh, good. Tell her hi back. We've never met, but we're already yeah. best friends, so. <laughs> and Captain uh, Black. Yeah. So, um... um <laughs> we could come back to The Sims <laughs> on more perverted news. Um, I played some, so I'm stuck in agony. I can't figure out where to go. But I decided to start the um, succubus mode. And so, like, it starts you in the same place, but you don't have the same, like, clues and stuff to do. Because um, you can only access them being certain characters. So you're different characters. So now I'm a succubus and she walks around. She has hooves. She's completely naked and she has horns. So you look down at your body and you can see your tits. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you there was some in the trailer, there was some pretty hardcore stuff like, you know, punching pregnant ladies and stuff. Well, so the ladies that are, that are pregnant, if you don't kick them, their bellies explode and these spider things come out and they try to eat you alive. So you have to <laughs> you have to kick them in order to keep from dying. <laughs> it's pretty hardcore. And that's as far as I got because then I got stuck on that. It's a really hard game for me. 
Awesome. Yeah, the mechanics around it seem really interesting, like how it's mainly a puzzle game rather than survival yeah. horror, which I thought is mm-hmm. which I thought is what it was supposed to be, but I was totally wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's scary. It's supposed to be hell, but at the same time like, I don't know. You yeah, I don't know. Like there's some scary stuff, but after you get past it, I guess it's not that scary. And you don't have any like weapons or anything, so if you you know, get attacked, you're just getting attacked and you get killed. That's it. And you have to start over. So, um, and then the only other game I was playing was, uh, Resident Evil, obviously, which, you know, we'll get to later. (laughs) Yeah, we will. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk on that. All right. So I guess I'll talk about my games. Um, so I have not had a whole bunch of time to play some games. I did crack open Resident Evil 6. I gave it an honest an honest attempt. Um, yeah. it didn't it didn't grab me. I'll talk about that in a little bit. So I, I gave Resident Evil 6 a couple of hours. Um, but the majority of my time that I have been able to play is either going towards Magic the Gathering Arena, which is the online platform for Magic, and um, Baldur's Gate. I'm still rushing through that series um, in anticipation of Baldur's Gate 3. So I'm in the middle of the uh, Siege of Dragonspear campaign, which is the game that takes place between 1 and 2. So it kind of explains the huge jump of like the end of number 1, where all the characters are at, to the beginning of number 2, and everything's totally changed. Um, so it kind of explains that huge difference. And So I'm in the middle of that. I think I'm actually at the end of it. But I'm kind of rushing through it because um, like number two is where the big time sink is at. And that's where you can really get lost in that game. And when people recommend Baldur's Gate to people, they normally recommend that you skip number one and kind of read up on some notes. So I can't wait to get jump back into it and spend more time in that particular installment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Oh man, those sound like fun games, man. I still need to check out a couple of those, and I still have never even checked out what Pat's playing. I should probably at least see a, look, look at a couple of YouTube videos to see what those are. That's what I was wondering because it is so mature and actually had a lot of controversy because of the kind of stuff that you get up to in the game. Um, if if that kind of stuff is able to be actually like posted on YouTube without it being like extremely censored. Um, cause I was thinking like I could, I could share some of the more like creepy situations, maybe not some of the, like horrible situations, maybe some of the more creepy situations, but I don't want it to get blocked on our site. So, um, anyways, I can record it and send you, uh, what it is if you're interested. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Or I wonder if they make it so you have to be like age 18 or something on YouTube to access it, you know, if they would do something like that. All right, so this is Captain Platinum, and yeah, so I finished up Jake's missions on RE6 uh, for the game of the month, so I finished up uh, parts 3, 4, and 5 of that, and of course, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I've been streaming some of the Avengers campaign on Twitch when, I, when I've been playing on the PS4. Still, I'm, I'm struggling with loving the game. I see what they're going for. I guess it's hard to go from like a Spider-Man game by Insomniac to Avengers, which is more like Destiny. And I think that's where some people are struggling. And I keep reading that the end game, like it's all just, there's a ton of bugs and like, you know, the really good gear has 
horrible drop rates, which I guess you would expect in a game like this that's going to be around for... I think they said they're going to support this game for five to ten years, so I kind of get it. Um, so, but I guess, you know, the game's been out almost a month, and I, some people said some of the bugs have been there since day one, and they're still not fixed. So that kind of makes me nervous and upset. You know, I feel some of those things they probably could have fixed already from what I've read. So I haven't experienced any of it yet, but I'm also still going through the campaign, so I haven't been able to do any of the multiplayer yet. And then the other thing I've actually been playing is Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and on that I've been playing Mario Super Mario 64, and man, it's been fun trying to... I had, I seriously have not played that game probably since, like, 1997. So, it's been really fun to go back and try to remember where everything is and redo the stuff. And I've, you know, remembered quite a bit. So, it's just a trip down nostalgia for that one, and it's been nice on the Switch. I can pick it up, I can do a star or two, and then put it down, and then pick it right back up in a little bit. So been really digging that uh and then just on top of that i just want to give a shout out to garganator he usually um listens to the podcast and steps in on the twitch channel when i'm streaming so and he's oh, nice. following cool. for a little bit so just giving him a shout out there uh then the last thing i will chat about is the the star wars galaxy heroes really the main thing that's happened is is they finally gave us the final requirements for the two new galactic legends which my guess is probably a month out, so I'm guessing early November, late October, early November is when these will hit the game. So to get uh, Sith Eternal Emperor at the very, so the last five requirements were Grand Admiral Thrawn, Grand Moff Tarkin, General Stark, Colonel, or, or sorry, Colonel Stark, General Veers, and Jedi Knight Anakin. So some of those we guessed, and you know they're actually not really bad requirements. They're, a lot of those are useful characters. And actually, um, Veers and Stark work really well with the Imperial Troopers. So those are two great characters. And Thrawn is still a meta character to this day. He is used in every counter for everything. He's got this ability where he can fracture a character. And really what that does is he he, um, he stops the person that he hits with fracture until, I think it's his next turn. So, you know, it really hinders the the opposing team when he fractures that person. So that's why he's been such a meta uh, character and has such viability. Um, and then Jedi Master Luke, our last five characters there are Princess Leia, Wedge, Biggs, Lando, and Hermit Yoda. So again, a lot of these are great characters. Um, you had to farm Hermit Yoda and Lando to get Jedi Knight Luke, who's also a requirement. Wedge and Biggs used to be a meta back in the day. They were called the Wigs, and it was the Wigs combo. Um, and then Leia is probably only one of the few that like has really no awesome ability. Like there was a time when she was pretty useful. She hasn't a chance to hit three times on her basic, and sometimes so she'll hit either one, two, or three times, and you're always hoping for that three times, but it doesn't always happen. There's just a slow chance that that'll happen. Um. But than that, I mean, a lot of these are super accessible requirements for these two new Galactic Legends, and quite a few useful characters, where uh, for Rey and Kylo, it was some of those characters you never use, like Rose Tico. Everyone's like, why did I have to gear up Rose Tico for this character? So, that's fun. Uh, so, that is really the main thing that's happened in the game since the last time we talked, is they gave those requirements. So, Alright, so last month, uh, we did Tomb Raider as our game of the month. And uh, Dungeon Master Mike wasn't on the show to talk about it, so no. we're gonna let That's him. What have happens his... when you get hurricanes on the East Coast? It really sucks. 
So sorry I, I couldn't like be there to like express my artistic views on the game. <laughs> I had an emergency. So um, oh, it's but yeah. fine. And also I didn't like because I also hate the sound of my own voice. I don't really listen onto old old episodes. Uh, and I didn't like not that I was on the episode that you guys talked about in Tomb Raider, but I'm not quite sure what things you talked about because again, like I'm in the habit of not listening to things that I'm recording. So I just didn't mm-hmm. listen to that episode as well. Um, that's not to say don't listen to the podcast. It's just I have this I can't weird listen to it either. It, my voice <laughs> irritates me. Like it it grinds my own nerves because I'm just like, what a douchebag. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. That's just how I view myself. So anyway, the point that I'm trying to get at was I didn't listen to the episode that you guys talked about Tomb Raider because I just I I couldn't get myself to listen to the podcast because I'm in such a habit of avoiding my own voice. Um, So if I go over some points that you guys already discussed, uh, just be like, carry on, you know, just tell me. But uh, Tomb Raider, I thought, was fantastic. I mean, having played the original ones, and not all of them, like, I wasn't a super big Tomb Raider fan. Um, it's just, like, I played a couple of them, but I never played the old ones all the way through. Uh, I loved Laura's redesign. Uh, the uh, The story was, it was reminiscent of uh, Uncharted. Have you guys ever played that series? Um, that was a really, oh, really yeah. fun game. <laughs> It was kind of like such a great uh, series. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like Uncharted, but with like Laura's flair on it. Um, she just kicked a whole bunch of ass. Um, the uh, Tomb Raider itself had some interesting design choices, um, and you can tell like they were trying to do the reboot because they were experimenting with different systems. So one thing that kind of got me was. In the original version of Tomb Raider, there were no tombs. Did you did you know that, Pat? Did you have the did you have the tomb DLC on your Xbox 360? Um, no, I didn't. That's now that I think about it, you're right. I didn't yeah, have so, the DLC though. Yeah, so the definitive edition includes tombs, um, and the tombs are uh, like they're they're pretty useful. Um, like the point of the reason why you would want to go through the tombs is because it gives you a nice chunk of experience points at the end and you can uh you know maybe find like a, a like some equipment but one of the things that really was kind of odd was the fact that you can be going through this ancient tomb that requires you to like climb up some ledge that it's very obvious no one has done so because things break on your way over and so you open up like this chest and it's ancient. And then Laura looks at it. She's like, oh, and then she just pockets stuff like just yep. without even <laughs> she just kind of steals it. And then it says you found handgun parts. It's just like they had handguns back in ancient Japan because nice. it was, so there were some just like really odd things like that. Um, I, it took me at this second run through to n- note kind of where like because the story was great. Uh, but there were some things that they kind of failed at. Uh, they, for example, the last boss, which I, I really did not like. Um, they tried to do like a foreshadowing of fighting the last boss about halfway through the game. 
And they didn't do it effectively because when the last boss shows up, people are saying the Oni, like the Oni is here, but Oni can also be plural and it just means demon. So when you're at the last part of the game and you're fighting all of these ancient like samurai ghosts, like they can technically be Oni, but what the characters are referring to is they're referring to the last boss. Like they should have named the last boss something else or something very distinctive to be like an individual. Uh, and they were trying to amp up like how scary this last boss can be because you never quite see it. But I just thought it was like, oh, it's just like zombies or like ghosts from ancient Japan. So they didn't really communicate that there was a last boss super effectively. And the guy who should have been the last boss, he was just a quick time event. Yep. So I really did not like that. That was probably my biggest critique out of the whole thing. Uh, and then overall, I think the game kind of hold well, not kind of, I think it holds up extremely well. Uh, there's a couple of things where you can tell like the polygon movement is very last gen. Like whenever Laura finds a piece of treasure on the ground, her arm and her head move kind of like she's a robot. And you can mm -hmm. tell that's like a remnant from the previous generation when they programmed that movement. But aside from that, everything else looks really well done and up to date. Um, I thought the game was pretty engaging and I just could not get myself to do the platinum. I'm just not a platinum hunter. Uh, <laughs> I was getting real tired of it after my end of my second run through and like five hours into multiplayer. So yeah. What so? What did you guys overall think of of like? What were some of your best points about Tomb Raider? I know you spent some time on it already, but I still want to hear. I think it's a lot of what you said. I, I kind of felt like the last boss was a little underwhelming because it was just a QTE event, and it really did feel like the the boss before that was the big big dude was the final boss. Um. Yeah, I thought overall the story was good. Definitely had the Uncharted feel. You know, there's, you know, it's talking about how in the beginning you see Lara just being so innocent. And actually, that's what they called her in the uh, extra stuff. You know, extra content was innocent Lara. You know, and the first time I know she's wounded, but she's like struggling across the, the little stick bridge. And then, you know, the first time she kills the dude with a gun, like you can see like the look in she her vomits. face. And like I felt, yeah, like you could feel it. So I thought they did a really good job capturing that kind of stuff in the game. Mm hmm. I and liked yeah, you it. Just kind of grew up with Lara in that uh, on that island, you know. And then I do kind of wonder what happened with some like her and Sam. And then I just felt some of the, for, obviously for story reasons, but some of those people made the dumbest decisions ever. Oh yeah, that <laughs> like, really man, frustrated I'm like, me, this dude. I was like, this Whitman dude, they're trying to make him the, like, he's totally turning, he's going to turn against these guys, and, and he really does, but they totally play it up. Yeah, um, he was a cuck. That dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, he really was, because, like, if you picked up his journals and you read the stuff that he wrote, he's talking to, like, how his wife is leaving him and stuff, because he likes to gamble away the money and everything, and she was already seeing somebody else. Um, so the dude was just... I don't know. I, I felt like Whitman could have been written much better uh, instead of just being a chicken shit the entire time, because that just really got annoying. And then also Reyes, uh, the uh, Roth's the mechanic girl. Yeah. Yeah. The mechanic. 
she made some dumbass decisions too. It's like Laura shows up and says, Whitman just pointed a gun at me and he like left Sam and he's a traitor. And she's just like, we don't have time to argue about this. It's like, <laughs> why would it be any problem for you to keep Whitman under guard at all? Yeah. Then they just kind of completely ignore him. And then they're like, oh, Whitman ran off with the cultists. You know, it's just <laughs> big whoop, like big surprise. Like people just made really dumb decisions. Yeah, I like it when they're at the camp on the beach. And then, so again, like that's one of those things in the story wise. I'm like, how did they get to the beach so easily? Yet with Lara, she's like struggling to get down there. And it's like feet after feet to get down there. And I get it. They need to do it for the action. But you're like, how did the other team members get down to the beach with absolutely no problem? And I have to go through this gondola and they're shooting at me 900 times. And I've got a zip line down multiple things or else I die you don't hit the button right it's just and i get it for the action sense you know mm -hmm. action adventure right the nathan drake um yeah and there's some of those jumps man like lara can jump and that's where I, after playing the last of us 2 and ellie jumps just like a real person would jump and then lara she like floats through the air and can make any jump <laughs> she princess peaches it <laughs> yeah she <man>. like flies <laughs> she's she's got air man like she she just floats sometimes I was like, okay, well, yeah, because there's times you're like, where do I go next? Well, that looks like it's too far, but not for Lara. She can easily make that jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she can um, fall pretty hard, too. Like, you can jump true. off of a cliff and she'll survive and she just regenerates right. health. Yeah, that's where I was laughing, too. There's a couple jumps I would make and I would die. And other ones, I was like, I felt like I fell further and she would be okay. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, but I think all of those were just kind of like beginner mistakes because from what I've read, the Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider really are polished up. Like the team yeah. knew what they were doing by that point. Yeah. So again, for their first outing for a re for a remake, I thought they did a great job with it. And I, I liked Jonah. He was like the one guy I really liked on that team. He was like such a cool dude. I thought they made him seem like a really chill and just like loyal guy to that team. So Yeah, he was the only one that made sense. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of them, like, Rhea, she's, like, mad at Lara. Lara's like, hey, I'm trying to see. She's like, it doesn't matter. We're leaving. And, you know, she's yeah. got, like, beef. And I'm like, ugh. Rhea's really pissed me off because she was just like, no, let's leave Whitman alone. But around you, people seem to die. So I don't like you because for some odd reason, I left with my daughter from Roth. And Roth took a liking to you. But Roth doesn't know that he has a daughter but I'm still mad at you because Roth gave you attention instead of his daughter. Like, it's just really uh, just dumb. Uh, Reyes was probably the most frustrating character. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, uh, what did I think? I was just trying to think if I had anything else for that, but no, I think we covered most of it. Um, I think the only thing that was like frustrating for me for the platinum trophy was the chatterbox trophy that you and I have talked about. I was like, what a stupid trophy to hide behind that. I don't know that it's there because they hid the trophy. It's hidden in the trophy and achievement achievement list. Well, maybe not. I don't know if achievements get hidden on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. They, I'm pretty sure they do, but it's like, what's the point of hiding that? Like, right. And then that's not even like an, an actual achievement. Like it's not something to necessarily be proud of. It's just a loophole. So if you're going to play this blind without looking up guides online, you could potentially play, hours and hours and hours on the same file and not understand what you're missing. 
Yeah. You have to go through a whole playthrough. Oh, it's, mm. And I think I did most of it the first time through because I tend to explore. And I think there's maybe maybe one time I didn't go back and talk to Roth, I think, because I was like, I was like, I don't remember that conversation last time. So I probably didn't realize I was supposed to go back and talk to him or that I could. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had to basically do almost a whole nother playthrough to get my platinum trophy. Yeah. And then the grinding. The multiplayer actually was fun for the first little bit, those first few five hours when, like, you, me, Parzak, Smokey, Smokey, who was just pwning us. Like, that yeah. dude was lethal. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was um, good. I mean, that was actually fun, just getting a couple of us in a room. And we didn't even know those guys. I just happened to meet them on PSN profiles uh, when I was setting up to do um, the multiplayer ranked stuff to see if I could get a session. I saw someone had a session. I was like, well, I put up there just, here's my PSN code at friend me and let's get this knocked out. And several of those guys added me and then, yeah. So yeah, the multiplayer, yeah, definitely felt okay, but it wasn't amazing in my eyes, but it, I did have fun the few times that I played it like with you and the, the other guys, but, yeah, that that grind, was fun. but that grind, Oh my goodness. I never want to play underground ever again. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's all I've had to say about Tomb Raider. I'm just glad I got my piece in because I really enjoyed the game. It yeah, was really no, fun, even that... though I just bitched about it for 20 minutes. It was it was good. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, uh, it's what it's what we do nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the next thing uh, we are talking about this again because apparently I turned into a ghost. The last one. And, you know, only special people can hear the spirit of Pat. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Nintendo 3DS has been officially discontinued. They will not make any more, which is extremely disappointing because I kind of hated it when the Switch came out because I wasn't ready for a new handheld. I had just gotten my 3DS um, like five years prior and I still wanted to have more Pokemon games on it. So I was really disappointed about that. Um, They announced that back on September 18th. Um, Quote from Nintendo spokesperson says, uh, we can confirm that the manufacturing of the Nintendo 3DS family of systems has ended. Nintendo and third-party games for Nintendo 3DS systems will continue to be available in Nintendo eShop or Nintendo.com at retail. The existing library of more than 1,000 Nintendo 3DS games contain many critically acclaimed titles and can provide years of content to explore and enjoy. So, whatever. <laughs> I'm not happy about it because it's like I, it's like yeah. you guys can play all the 3DS games. There's so many games out there for you to play, but we're just going to take away your ability to play them. Like, right? Come on. Well. I mean, at some point, though, you do have to stop manufacturing it, right? I mean, and that's what they're at, right? Because the Switch Lite, I think, was really the final nail in the coffin for it. It was, and it's not like I didn't know that, but at the same time, I was, you know, just like that was the final. I was like, damn it, why? (laughs) Yeah, there are some still some great games on there. Um, I still want to play. They did like the late Dragon Quest games on there, which I think are great for handhelds. The only problem with that, though, is I tend to play those only when I travel. So I'll pick up a RPG and I'll play like 25 hours into it. And then I put it down for six months because then I travel again. And I was like, what was I doing in this game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many great things in there. The other thing I was going to say last time that I didn't get, forgot I was going to say it. And then uh, we moved on 
was I did like on the 3DS that they had kind of the me area in that. And there was a couple little mini games. And then there was like, you could have it on you and you would pass people from different states. And I almost had a full map filled out of the United States from traveling so much uh, back in 2012 through like 2014, which is, I think, like kind of the main big time of the 3DS. And yeah, so you would pass people. And if you were me interacted with them, it would um, you had your state you were from. And if you filled that in, you, it would fill out your map and it would color it in. So I had met people from all different states or that they had said was their state. So that was a kind of a cool thing. And they had a few mini games in there that you could do that were just little fun things you could do on the side. And you would, um, with the people you passed, you could do get like their power ups and stuff in there too, or use them in, in the little mini game. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing Nintendo did. And I think that's what Nintendo's always been good at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, the 3DS will be missed. Uh, yeah, and it definitely, like I said, there's the Dragon Quest games. They did the Metroid um, 2 remaster. Is that a remake or remaster? I think it was a remake. Yeah, that's what I said. That. Yeah, so you have that on there. They did the Mario, a couple new Mario games on there. There's still, like, so many good games. I have a library, you know, and then I think they did three or four different Pokemon games for it. I think it was X and Y, and then black and white and black and white too right at least yes and sun, and sun yeah. and moon right and sun and moon so yeah. i mean four four generations of pokemon games there right that's a mm-hmm. would those be generations i'd want to make sure i'm using the right word i'm somewhat of a noob still when it yeah. comes to pokemon yeah you can call them generations yeah yeah so i mean the switch is basically a handheld if you want it to be and then the light definitely made it that so Mm-hmm. I guess all the good things have to come to an end, you know. In a couple of years, we'll, we'll get Sony saying we're no longer making PS4s, and Xbox will be like, "We're done with Xbox One." <laughs> so, mm-hmm. if, if not sooner, right? They'll they'll try to probably push people over as fast as they can. Yeah, they've always been quick, though. I mean, yeah, they didn't do a good job when they did the PS3 situation. So, yeah. So I think that just said is. Uh, you know, that means, you know, GameStop will stop taking in the game soon because, you know, they'll start phasing them out. So if you're there's a game you're looking to pick up on one of those systems, I would grab it before it becomes super rare. That's that's probably yeah. usually what this all means is, man, you're like, I want that Dragon Quest Eight game. I would I would grab it while Walmart and them are still carrying them. And then if not, you're going to be looking at secondary markets here and probably in the next year to two. Well, and this this the 3DS has been amazing because these games have been going up. Like I remember it was like four years after they released the remake of um, uh, uh, Ocarina of Time and the used copies were more expensive than the new copies because you couldn't get new copies at the time. Yep. So that was ridiculous. And that's so like that's happening with uh, the switch so much now, too. So they definitely marketed well. Definitely. All right. On to some new news then. So the big news this week, I believe it broke on Monday. 7.5 billion. Bethesda and parent. Yeah, Microsoft bought Bethesda and its parent company, ZeniMax, for $7.5 billion. That is billion with a B, as in Bravo. Yeah, <laughs> they won. Is, they have that all is the a chunk of change. So I know some people are freaking out about this because, I mean, under Bethesda, you get a lot of good games and franchises. Doom, Skyrim, 
Um, what else am I missing? There is it Fallout. Fallout's under them, right? So mm-hmm. Dishonored was under them. There's there's a ton of games, and those will all probably be added to the uh, Game Pass, is my guess. And then a lot of people are just thinking Microsoft will keep them all exclusive. Um, and I do know Microsoft did say that they're going to honor um, all of the existing uh, console coming out. I think time, uh, Deathloop was one of the games. And what's the other one? Um, uh, there's one other game that was coming out on PS5 that they, they said, yeah, that'll still go on PS5. But then after that, it's a case-by-case basis that they'll review the games. Uh, basically, I, I think it's a good thing for Microsoft. I don't think it's going to be horrible for PlayStation. I see it could be, but in my mind, what I think happens is Microsoft can say it's on Game Pass and people pay $15 a month for that, so they have access to it. And then I can sell it to Sony for, you know, 60 to $70 a copy. To You know, they'll sell it to their consumers for that, and then I'll get money out of that. So, you know, some of those are such big games. Now, maybe there'll be exclusivity. Maybe it'll be on Xbox One for or Xbox Series X for a year, just kind of like Final Fantasy VII Remake right now is exclusive for a year, I think it is, for PlayStation. They may do that kind of stuff too. But do you guys have any other thoughts on on this? It doesn't affect me much because I don't play many of those games, and I don't mind that Xbox is trying to monopolize some of the exclusives since PlayStation has done that for so many years. So... For me, um, (laughs) yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think they're finally going to get some quality control in some of their stuff. Like, it's just, I mean, I think Bethesda got way too comfortable with the fact that their glitches and their bugs were charming. And you've almost got to think that they would intentionally put some of the glitches and bugs into some of their other games. I, I don't think they do. But like Fallout 76 has been a huge wreck of a launch and mm-hmm. they just seem really dismissive about like about everything. Um, I feel like by Microsoft buying them and kind of put it under new management, they're not going to get rid of those titles. But I think that there's going to be uh, like maybe a push for new components of the engine that they use that's way outdated and avoiding like as, as many of the bugs that they have. So ultimately, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about it. But I just, I, I Bethesda has kind of had a fall from grace, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely a big acquisition. I think this will give Xbox and Microsoft, you know, some of those games that, you know, potentially they were kind of missing here in the, in the current gen that we're in now. Hopefully, they can get some nice exclusives out of this to make people want to buy an Xbox. Because right now, like. I was at a GameStop and everyone was like, why don't you have an Xbox? And I was like, every game that's on that wall that I would want to play, I can just play on my PS4 and the PS4 had Spider-Man and Uncharted and The Last of Us 2, you know, games I wanted to play and Horizon Zero Dawn, which is coming up for me soon, I believe in my my queue. I'm going to move that up and make that a priority here soon. I believe that's going to be platinum number 60. So Sony has had those exclusives and the games that I've always wanted to play. The Uncharted games were so much fun, you know, and Resistance on uh, PlayStation 2 and 3. No, just 3, PlayStation 3, sorry. Like, I love those games too, but Insomniac, those were PlayStation. So, yeah, 
Um, I did just mention Last of Us. And hey, Mike, what's today? Ha ha ha, everyone. Today is the Last of Us Day. Um, <laughs> which, by the time you listen to this episode, it won't be. So sorry, we can't get stuff yeah. out to you like the day of. But for the Last of Us Day, it's basically um, just kind of a day where they, uh, or PlayStation promotes the Last of Us um, with some merch, uh, some good looking shirts and some statues just you know general swag that you can buy there they announced a blast of us board game which has been in development for a while now and is probably just going through some play testing hopefully hopefully they didn't announce it before it was even planned for but if you happened to be tuned into the last of us day you go to the playstation website you just google last of us day you find it too they got everything from like posters to backgrounds to ps4 themes to really nice looking statues uh, from both last of us one and two uh, some pretty cool t-shirts wallpapers for your computer they also give you some discounts on uh, some other merch that are around Uh, but it's pretty much just a celebration of the game although i do know that people tend to be pissed well not I, I the people that I hang out with and talk to, they all like The Last of Us 2. Um, and from what I've read, it seems like a pretty great game. But there are some really bad haters out there. So I wonder how their presence uh, has influenced the way how this Last of Us Day was uh, was executed. But it's called The Last of Us Day because this is the day within the story of the game that there was the outbreak. So uh, I guess it was the the prologue when you play the prologue of last of us one was September 26th. Yep. And marked the day of the cordyceps fungus hit critical mass and it was known as outbreak day, but this year Sony decided to change it or naughty dog did actually just because of the whole coronavirus and all that going on. They didn't want to, they wanted to change the name of the day to just be the last of us day this year. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some people were really hoping that they would get the last of us Two multiplayer today that they were going to at least announce it and i haven't heard anything of it yet but that was what some people were hoping for Mm -hmm. yeah so it's you know if you by the time you listen to this last of us day will be already over but hopefully you uh tuned in because it's pretty good stuff yeah we, we should probably just post this to the facebook page and uh that way people can possibly see it today Right. Yeah, yeah. it's cool that, you know, I think it's kind of cool when uh, something in a video game actually makes it out into the real world and that some, you know, people are such fans of games nowadays and with the Internet, you can almost create any type of day. (laughs) Yeah, it's. um, Yeah, you can you can really go off on that. I'm trying to find like there's a. Do you guys play the Persona series at all? Uh, I tried the uh online one a little a couple months back when it was free on xbox um game pass and i have tried every couple of years and i've just never been able to get on to it not the online <laughs> um, one that's a different game no i don't play persona <laughs> and i believe well, I, tried per- I believe i tried persona for golden yeah on the vita and i just didn't really get into it that was the one i, I- tried I love me some Persona. Um, I played, so I started Persona 3 and I've gone back and played Persona 2, which is super archaic, but I still liked it. Um, But Persona 3, there is a a date kind of like the end of the world. 
and they don't give you years in the game, but there's some really odd references, like some things that the characters will say that have allowed players to pinpoint the exact year and day when uh, the big event happens. And so I have a couple of friends back in California who will send me a text on those days and be like, happy persona three blank blank day. Um, and so like people do that with the, all the games that they love, like especially if they're based in the real world, it's just kind of fun to kind of track it down like that. Yeah, totally agree. So, uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, we've had, a. T- I don't, I don't know if we're going to cover all this news guys. Like there is a lot mm-hmm. of news yeah. and it does not seem to be stopping. Yeah. No. Finally, after many weeks of not very much news. <laughs> so what do you guys want to cover? Yeah I, yeah. I think we can run through a few of these. Um, there's, I don't know if anyone here plays no man's sky. I haven't, but it looks like it's, uh, they have an update coming out called origin this week. Oh, uh, the week of the 27th. So I've always wanted to, um, but I just haven't picked it up yet. Yeah. So the only thing I saw in that was um, some, the developer, which is hello games. They just say it's the beginning of something new. I think they've already had a couple of DLCs and they said, this is just kind of the start of something new. So hopefully if you're into no man's sky, you'll look forward to that. I, I really haven't played it and I haven't watched much gameplay on it either. I've just heard really hmm. good things about it. Um, no more heroes three pushed out until 2021, uh, coronavirus has impacted development of Nintendo switch exclusive games. No more heroes three, which was announced at E3 2019, geez, two years after this will be the first core entry in a decade. Travis touchdown will wield his beam katana to kill stuff from outer space. Nice. <laughs> and the development team <laughs> is now focused on prioritizing quality. They will now shoot for a, um, I think it was supposed to be a 2021 date. <laughs> 2021 date, yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. have it, I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, yeah so. so, I mean, I think that game first, that series started on the Wii with the, the Wiimote controls. Yeah, that right. was, it was real odd because that game is not for kids or for families <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. And my brother and I got it and, um, like holy hell like that um i did i was wondering like why on earth was this not on the playstation or like on the xbox because uh it was lewd i'll say but it was a, i mean it was a fun yeah. game and a fun concept but there were just some things that um weren't super developed because the fun part was the was the sword beam combat mm-hmm. and uh but like that's all it really was and then just kind of like the the craziness being cranked up to eleven, um, it's uh, it, it's also kind of funny too because Travis Touchdown is designed to look like Johnny Knoxville. Yes, so that's who he looked like. Yep. Yeah, and so you got Johnny Knoxville wielding a lightsaber, and that's pretty much all the game is meant to be. <laughs> Number two did a lot of cool things too, um, with two like dual sword, uh, sword beam swords. But mm-hmm. again, it was kind of like undeveloped. It had more story. Uh, so I'm interested to see how, how number three uh, turns out. Yeah. And uh, it's cool that they're finally going back to this after a decade. And it does seem like they're staying with Nintendo and keeping this as an exclusive for the company and, the, and their systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It was one of those games I always wanted to play back in the day, and I just never had time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, right. it's worth playing, but it's kind of hard to find. Yeah, I imagine so. With some of these games, I just wish they'd put them in the Nintendo eShop somewhere or on like PlayStation stores. Like I really wanted to play Ultimate Alliance two again but you can't find it i guess there was like a window when it was on like the ps4 and you had to buy it within that window because of then copyrights or uh unless you bought it at some point at this like right of time like yeah it's there's someone has the rights to it or whatever and they won't put it in the store yeah so what what happened is it used to be owned by activision and then when disney bought out all of the stuff, um, it, it was impossible to get the DLC for it and you couldn't get the game digitally. Eventually they re-released it digitally with the DLC, um, which I then picked up uh, digital copies at that point in time of the first and the second one. Um, that's weird that they would pull it off again, though. I wonder if that has anything to do with um, maybe the Fox deal? Maybe. Yeah, it I went be. looking for it there one day and I just couldn't find it. That's a fun I, game. That's um, a game that we should all play together. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I played the first five minutes of it, and it seemed like a fun game. It's, but, yeah. I love it so much. I really wish they did a better job with three. I'm very disappointed. Even though I haven't played it, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah, I got my Platinum in the second one on the PlayStation 3 back in the day. And then I was just kind of like, I kind of want to replay that or go back and do the DLC because I didn't have the DLC at the time. And I sold mm-hmm. my copy before it became, it was one of those games that became extremely expensive once the MCU became popular. They were all like, every game stuff was like, yeah, if you have the game, now it's worth like $80. And I was like, mm-hmm. you gave me like 15 for it back in the day. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, now we would give you a lot more. <laughs> Um, so yeah, last time we also, we, we did talk about a couple of the Nintendo directs. They, Nintendo has been putting out a ton of Nintendo directs lately, which is with no comic cons and, you know, events like that. Every company, like we've talked about it multiple times on Ubisoft is doing theirs. Nintendo has been doing a few different showcases. Uh, they did a partner showcase on 917 and we talked briefly about three of the games last time. Uh, that was the Hades game, the Lone Survivor, and the Ori and the Will of Wisps, I believe. Uh, those mm-hmm. are now up to buy. So the other one that came out of that is Capcom is putting out two new Monster Hunter games next year on the Switch. The first one is Monster Hunter Rise, and that is set for March 26th of 2021. And Monster Hunter Stories 2 Rise of Ruin is coming out in summer of next year. Uh, I know Monster Hunter's been around for a while. I haven't really gotten into them. I did pick up the one on the Wii U, and I just never found time to play it. Um, have you guys tried the Monster Hunter games? I have never uh, played them. They've always looked really interesting for me, but I've always had other things on my plate, so it's not been something that's been a priority. Yeah, I've never played it. Um, I had it installed on my computer once, and I just never fit, like followed through with playing it because I just have other things. Like time is, time is a valuable resource. I'm just like, well, do I want to play this or play this? Because I only got like a couple hours, and it will take me forever to complete a game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just not. It's just it's one of those games I was always interested on seeing. But my brother said that the type of gameplay loop wouldn't be up my alley, so I decided to forego it. Yeah, I've just never gotten into it. Uh, so, but Monster Hunter Rise is set in a ninja-inspired land of Kimura Village, explore where you can explore lush ecosystems and battle fearsome monsters to become the ultimate hunter. Uh, 
It's been half a century since the last calamity struck, but a terrifying new monster has reared its head and threatens to plunge the land into chaos once again. So that's uh, pretty much synopsis of the story, and you'll be able to hunt solo or in a party with friends to earn rewards, and then you can use those rewards to craft a huge variety of weapons and armor. And they've got some new uh, gameplay systems, such as high-flying wire action and your canine companion, Palamute, while also... We'll add exciting new layers for the already robust combat that that you'll find normally in Monster Hunter. So the big news, also that I believe you can go pre-order these now at GameStop. This they are exclusive to there is there are three amiibo for Monster Hunter, which I'm still glad they're making amiibo, and it sounds like these will just unlock a special set of layered armor in the game. So, so they've got Palamut, which they said. It, sure. Are they like? I thought amiibo was canceled. I thought they stopped uh, making Amiibo. Are they, are they coming back? No, they're, they're still doing Amiibo. They've, they've canceled Disney Infinity and I believe Skylanders, but as far as I know, they're still doing Amiibo. I noticed the last time I was at the store, because uh, the comic book store started selling video games um, uh, last uh, Christmas, uh, they still sell the used Amiibos, and they go for quite a bit. Like They're a good price still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... They, they don't tend to do them for a lot of things anymore. Um, mainly Smash Brothers. And then they do some of the special ones um, like Zelda. The Zelda and the Marios seem to sell really well in Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Animal Crossing ones did as well. So I think there's times they, they're still trending the water on what they're going to put out. So um, so for this one, the Monster Hunter Eyes, there's Pelamut, Magnamala, which I believe is the, the new villain in the game, the bad creature, and then a Palico. So those are GameStop exclusive, and I believe those are up for pre-order if you're interested in those. And then there's Monster Hunter Stories 2, and that's just a follow-up to their first game, Monster Hunter Stories, that was on the 3DS. It's a spin-off of the main of the main line, and it'll um, this game will cast players into the role of a monster rider, which can befriend and ride atop monsters. So, again, I haven't played any of those but if you're interested in those, you've got some new games coming from Capcom for those. Yeah, Capcom seems to be on a roll. I wouldn't be surprised if those games actually... Yeah, they do. I'm more looking forward to... Resident Evil remakes that they've released. Yeah, Yeah. although Resident Evil 3 didn't... The Resident Evil 3 remake was, I guess, kind of viewed on negatively. I really liked it. I just thought it was kind of short. But um, yeah, I thought it was weird because they had just released two and I felt like it was a month later and they were releasing three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause if it's the same engine, same mechanics and everything, like it doesn't take much to make it. Right. Um, they also uh, have a, a Netflix series that's supposed to be coming out for resident evil as well. Yeah. With Albert Wesker's kids. Yeah. I'm excited. Jake Wesker. <laughs> Who is in Resident Evil 6, like the game we just played this month. <laughs> yeah. Um, about that. Do you want to spend some time on Resident Evil 6? Yeah, we'll, we'll just fight through these other couple games real quick. Uh, another game, Luke was really excited about this one last week when we were going through the notes right before the show, and he was like, I want to talk about this one. So maybe we'll let him talk about more about it next time, or... Yeah, it doesn't release till March, so we have time. Yeah, 
So, Balan Wonderworld, it's a Square Enix game that's coming out. It's going to be an action platformer game themed around the Balan Theater. It's led by the enigma- enigmatic maestro named Balan. Um, and then there's the stars of the show's Emma and Leo, who will use special abilities from a multitude of characterful costumes as they adventure in a bizarre and imaginary land of Wonderworld. So, it's got your classic RPG stuff in it from what I could see. So, Luke seemed to know about the game. I didn't really know much about it. Um, the main thing they said about it, from what I could tell, was that two legendary um, creators reunite on this. And it's um, the legendary Yuji Naka is coming, and is it Naoto Oshima? So they're joining uh, forces, then they formed the Balan Company, and that's what uh, looks like is doing this game. So nice. that's And this is like for the first time in like 20 years. So I think, it, I mean, Square Enix usually puts out pretty good RPGs, so... It might be one of those to take a look at, and we'll we'll cover that one a little bit more in another day. Uh, I, really, I don't know, man. Square Enix's RPGs, uh, I mm, <laughs> not super big fan of them lately. Like, I guess that's fair. I used to be, I used to be a, a huge Final Fantasy fan, and like I like fourteen, but like fifteen and thirteen and thirteen two and thirteen three just <laughs> were not. Like they're just not super great, and then the, there was previews for Final Fantasy 16 that came out. Yep, mm-hmm. and everyone's pretty much saying it looks like a generic fantasy game. Like yeah. there's nothing really like New. unique about it except with like the chocobos and the summons. I, so I don't know. Like Square Enix is kind of they seem to on, be uh, like, reusing old content that didn't work. Yeah, I feel like they seem to be on the edge right now. I like, enjoyed mm-hmm. thirteen, but I couldn't get through thirteen two and thirteen three. It was just too redundant at that point in time. Yeah, I didn't play those either. I finished thirteen, um, but I mean, with the ones you mentioned, fourteen is an MMO online, and yeah. the rest of them are single player. So I would 14's, expect fourteen is to be totally right. different than the games. The rest of the ones you mentioned, and it's still going strong. I'm actually yeah. Oh, yeah. contemplating. Um, resubbing here soon you should um and then also everyone knows my feelings about final fantasy 7 remake and i thought that was atrocious so i know i'm like i knew you would (laughs) i'm like one of nine people on this planet that do not like that game but i will stand my ground And we'll have to talk about it at some point. Too. Maybe I would have we'll do been like fine if they did the exact same gameplay, just updated the graphics. Like, I've, I've, I'm actually contemplating rebuying the original seven because it's on sale for eight bucks right now on the PlayStation Store, and I just don't have the time to play it on my computer and stuff because um, it overheats pretty quickly. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about playing it on the PlayStation Store and replaying it again, <laughs> which I did like back in January. <laughs> play what you like yeah man just mm-hmm. keep playing what you like mm-hmm. so the other games that were announced is rune factory 5 i've never played any of those i'm assuming 5 is the fifth of the series so uh that's another Michelle uh, loves she loves she, those oh yeah she plays those on the 3ds whenever she gets a chance it's one of her favorites awesome so that's coming out next year Empire of Sin was also shown. This is like an Al Capone 1920s Prohibition era Chicago game. So if that's kind of up your alley, you'll you'll have Empire management, turn based combat, and some role play there. So if that is totally up your alley, I like it because some... you're, you play as a woman, which oh, excites yeah? me. Mm-hmm. At least the trailer that I watched, you played as a woman, 
and she's the mob boss. Oh, sweet. Um, for the Disgaea fans, uh, that's another series I have not been able to get into fully, but Disgaea 5 Don't. Complete. <laughs> Don't get into Disgaea. That will eat you alive. And I, okay, I know I told you Ghost of Tsushima would be a, a trophy nightmare. It really wasn't. I was just excited when I said that. Yeah. But Disgaea really. Yeah, those. I've seen the trophy list for those. Yeah, those those are trophy nightmares. Yeah, I know. I played I, the first one, and that's all I needed. It was a fantastic game. It's just so long, <laughs> man. So, um, Disgaea Five Complete is available to try a special uh, game trial event from Nintendo Switch Online members, and that started September twenty third, so earlier this week, and that is free until the 29th of this month. So. You have a couple days left to, to play that out, but on what system? The Switch. Oh, damn! <laughs> and then the Switch also announced Disgaea Six: Defiance of Destiny, and that is scheduled for summer of twenty twenty one at this point. And that's the first new Disgaea game in six years. So you'll meet Zed, a zombie that has risen above them all, except one, a god of destruction. So. And there'll be probably more to come on this. Again, I haven't played the Disgaea games, but if you are, you have the sixth installment coming if you're a huge fan of that series. And then Fitness Boxing 2 Rhythm and Exercise. That comes out December 4th oh, yeah. this year. So if you're looking to get a workout in, there you go. <laughs> we all know what those types of games are for. And then <laughs> Sniper Elite 4 was the last game they announced, and that's just uh, holiday 2020. So looking for that sniper game so i think it's cool switch is getting some of these games that i feel would only come out on sony and uh microsoft systems so it's kind of nice to see that the you know nintendo was definitely serious about getting those on the switch because i don't think like that game would have made it on the wii u and i don't know if it was just because of the controller the, the wii u pad that you know made it difficult so but you know, it's, I think it's nice that Nintendo Switch is getting a lot of this third-party support for, for these games. And then I think this is the last bit of news before... Yeah, so let's just do this one super quick. So um, Godfall, that now has a release date, which will launch alongside the PS5, but it's also the first game that has gone gold, which means it's the first PS5 to publicly lock in its progress and prepare for manufacturing. So they got to the point that they were ready to start pressing discs, so... Oh, wow. So that's that's a really cool status to have that, you know, and it just means, you know, these companies are getting ready to, you know, be ready for launch day. So, yeah, that time is upon us, everyone. Yeah. I mean, we're a month and a half away or a little bit under that for the new systems. So the time is coming. So, I mean, it's going to be your typical type of game. It's got all sorts of goodies in it. And then, you know, leveling up new skills, legendary weapons, it's going to have five weapon classes. Um, so, and then of course there's pre-order digital bonuses that you'll get if you're interested. And then there's definitely three versions of the game, uh, standard for 60 deluxe for 80, which is the base game, some pre-order bonuses, and you get the first expansion. And then there's an ascended edition for ascended edition for $90, which is basically the deluxe edition plus some additional digital goodies. Uh, I still don't know how I feel about this new model that they've been doing for several years now where you don't just buy a game anymore. It's like an experience. I want to say an experience. You're like, well, which version do I want to buy the game? Well, I like it enough that I want the DLC. Mm -hmm. 
So, but yeah, we see that more and more with a lot of different games now. There's like your standard, you're somewhere between 50 to 60 bucks and probably soon 70 on some of the new next gen consoles. And then your deluxe is usually a few dollars more somewhere, usually around 20 to 30 bucks, depending on what they're adding on. And then uh, again, I said it last time, the digital pre-order bonuses. I just wonder if they're going to keep coming out with those to get really people to start buying more and more digitally and not having the physical copies. So, but all right, Panda Pat, kick us off with our game of the month. Yay. So (laughs) I really thought choosing this game and separating out the campaigns for each of us would make it so it was easier to actually finish the game in the 30 days (laughs) that we allot ourselves. But um, I know only one of us did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which was to be expected. So <laughs> I don't know. I feel really bad about that because you really like this game, don't you? I do, and I beat it years ago. Um, but I didn't. I didn't finish it this time. I didn't finish my my personal campaign. So I'm just as bad of a culprit. <laughs> But was it was it because of time? Was it because it, the game didn't hold up to you? Like, why? What was the reason why you couldn't finish it? Well, I got my reasons, but I, I thought I was in the state of mind that I really wanted to play it, but um, I was still, I'm still like coming off of uh, trying to get through Tomb Raider, so I'm still like, I kind kind of still want to play Tomb Raider. Um, and then I've got other games that I'm just kind of playing. Mostly it was time. To be honest, <laughs> I've been moving for six months. And I'm still, like, having issues getting anything accomplished besides sleeping and drinking for the most part. I get nothing accomplished. That day drinking. Yep. <laughs> but so I, I because I've beat it um, before, um, I ended up just watching the gameplay for my character, which was um, Ada Wong. Um, she is an amazing character. I've always really liked her in the Resident Evil series because she has so many secrets around her. You don't quite know who she is. And her, her part of the gameplay was a little difficult because a lot of it is stealth um and if you don't do stealth you end up getting kind of overwhelmed and you can eventually that was one of the things that people had a problem when the game released is that there's not a survival part of it like you can still beat them even though you have zero ammo and and like it's not a very hard game um when it comes to that um, so, so you do get a little overwhelmed, but I really like it because it does flesh out some of her story and like her relationship between Leon and her relationship between some of the other characters, because she has been part of all of the other characters lives at one point in time. Um, and yeah, so I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's, it's really nice to, to really understand a little more about her and hopefully one day we'll get a full backstory of, of who she actually works for and, yeah. So hmm. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Minus the fact that I didn't beat it. I think there's something to really be said about the fact that like even though you wanted to play it, like there were other games that you would choose over it. Right. Right? And I think that for me is just kind of a sign of like uh it wasn't it, it wasn't what I was kind of expecting. So when I, when I play resident evil, so I, okay. I never played five or six before mm-hmm. everyone raves about four and I did enjoy four, but I recently tried to replay it and I didn't like it. Um, 
And so, like, there's talks about four being remade. I actually kind of want them to remake Code Veronica. <laughs> but in Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, like, there is serious consideration. Like, it's called survival horror because mm-hmm. you're like, well, do I take this extra box of ammo with me or do I want to take the green herb? And if you are not careful, it can come back and bite you in the ass, mm-hmm. right? It got to a point in Resident in the Resident Evil 2 remake where like, I was like, okay, I'm only going to bring my gun and the ammo that it's loaded into because everything else is crucial for me to make this particular run. And I had to time my shots, to try and get headshots um, because it like that, like that's just how I decided to run it. And if I failed, then I was going to get screwed. Like that to me is survival horror. Resident Evil 6, I didn't feel was like that. Oh, definitely um, not. And even 5 wasn't so much either. Yeah. And so I think the crucial thing for me to say is that Resident Evil 6 isn't a bad game. It's a bad Resident Evil game. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the time that those released was when like Gears of War had really gotten um, people into co-op playing. And so that's what was popular. And so everything was co-op at that point in time. Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing too, is any type of like trend chasing has failed like tremendously. (laughs) I actually watched a YouTube video. It was like a 45 minute breakdown video in preparation for this talk about where (laughs) Resident Evil six went wrong. And every single conversation always began with like Resident Evil six is a decent game. It's just, you know, it's like, it's like John Carter from, it's, yeah, it's not a Resident Evil game. It's like the John Carter of Disney, right? John Carter was a movie that cost like a quarter of a billion dollars to make. And even though it was semi-successful in the movie theaters, it was never, ever, ever going to turn a profit. Because they it was just, that was one of the things, the, the development process for Resident Evil 6, it was, it was bloated. It was extremely bloated. There was no one that can make a cohesive decision. Um, each of the campaigns appeal to a different type of player Mm -hmm. they weren't trying to go to their player niche and so no one was really grabbed because at the time at least each one of the each one of the campaigns um couldn't do the thing that it was supposed to do better than what was already out there on the market right i do remember uh when trying to uh, play it having to after you get through one campaign and you really learn the gameplay you go to the next one and it's a different style of gameplay you have different guns you have a different layout of your hud and stuff so it was that was a little difficult in transitioning between the campaigns I remember yeah that. um for me i played the leon campaign for those of you listening and i didn't get very far into it um i like the game the prologue of the game begins with the leon campaign almost like the game is telling you okay you can choose any one of these campaigns but you should really choose the leon campaign because we showed you it Mm -hmm. and so you know i I chose the leon campaign but like that prologue was like i got whiplash on that prologue because it it felt like tomb raider Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um the scene the scene where uh leon and uh his his uh i guess companion Helena, Mm -hmm. like the helicopter crashes or I forget where they are, but they're on a, they're on a pane of glass Mm -hmm. and below are a bunch of zombies. And for some reason, the zombies know that they're up there and they're waiting for the grass, the glass to crack. And like each time Leon moved a little bit, it cracked a little bit more. 
And I was like, you know, I saw this in Tomb Raider. I saw this. My, Michelle was like, I saw that in Tomb Raider 2 and Tomb Raider 3. Uh, I saw that in Jurassic Park Lost World. Mm-hmm. I've seen that on Mission Impossible. Like it's it was everything was cooked from something else. And it was it really didn't play to the strength of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I felt like. But at the same time, it's walking that precipice where what does this new entry in the series contribute? Right? It has to be somewhat different but not so different that it does what Resident Evil 6 ended up doing and just didn't appeal to the original market, which is why I think Resident Evil 7 was brilliant because like it was incredibly different from mm-hmm. being first-person view, Yeah, but it had all of the hallmarks that made Resident Evil Resident Evil. Um, so for me, I just, like, after a couple hours of playing Leon, I just kind of sat down and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play some tomorrow, and then, like... When I, when I actually had free time to play, it's like, I'd rather play some Magic the Gathering or Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Well, and honestly, or all the campaigns, four. Leon's campaign is not my favorite. I probably dislike that one the most. Yeah, I would agree. I think we gave Mike the worst one. <laughs> but <I> can- <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He wanted Leon. <laughs> well, I didn't know what I was looking See, that's the thing. I made that decision based on the fact that I had played the Resident Evil remake mm-hmm. 2 in the last year. And I had well, I was playing Resident Evil Four earlier this the year. Character. Yeah, so the the character is like okay, I want to see where Leon is at because I know he goes to like the zombie killing squad at some point. Mm-hmm. So I want to see him in that, and it was just really odd. Like the president just died. What are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. And he's got like a whole like NSA team backing him up, and it was just really weird. Uh, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't what I was expecting when I wanted to play Leon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they straight and kind of. I don't know. I don't think they've done a good job in the last couple of years of keeping true to Leon's story, especially like even in the, the the animated movies that they did. Like his story's all over the place, and they're kind of doing the same thing with Chris as well. Like both of them go through this like whole alcoholic phase, and and they're just totally at the you know they're the end of their ropes and they're over it and then they get back into it and everything's normal again it just doesn't make sense so yeah i'm actually interested in, in chris's storyline because i never played the dlc for resident evil 7 mm. which you play as chris yeah um because resident evil 7 and what it looks like resident evil 8 it's it's really focusing on this new character mm-hmm. uh nathan i think was the guy's name yeah um, and like his character is, is pretty interesting from what I played in seven. Um, but they like, they're really focusing on him. Cause I think they're kind of like that. That's their version of a soft reboot is like mm-hmm. doing a brand new character, brand new story. Yeah. But like when you're introduced to Chris at the very end of the game, it's just like, Whoa, Chris is working for umbrella now. Like how did that happen? Right. Like, it was really uh, so it's like these characters like their stories never i guess consistent is the word i'm looking for and six didn't help Mm-mm. i was expecting something different now and six i believe takes yeah. place in between um the uh, uh crap, what did they call them they were like spin-off games that you played as characters that weren't main characters of the storyline 
Were those the revelations? Resident, uh, yeah, the revelations. revelations. It's I think it's supposed to take place in between the re- revelations and seven. So who knows what happens? Yeah, not. I had never played Revelations, but I've heard Revelations was really good. I heard number two was really good. I've always wanted to pick it up. I have a friend who's not a big gamer, and she absolutely loved it. So that was a surprise for me. Hmm. Yeah, my, my one friend that I play online with, uh, we play five, RE5 and RE6 now. Uh, we, do, we, we enjoy both of them just because it's kind of mindless. And it's over the top. It's almost like Fast and the Furious in a way because of the over the top crazy action in some of these games now. Mm-hmm. And I feel five and six have that. And we just laugh at like the ridiculousness of what we're doing. So I had Jake's part of the story, and you're being chased basically after the part of the first, I think towards the end of the first chapter, and then all the way through the end of it. Then it's Ustanik. Is that how you say his name? Ustanik? Uh, um, yeah, something like that this big burly monster thing that every time you think you've killed it, here it comes again. And you're just like, so we're like, how the heck do you kill this thing? You know, you're like, what were these guys on when they created this, mm-hmm. this, this guy? And, you know, and then how do you justify the means to the end of how you actually finally get rid of him? You know? And, yeah. Cause and, like the, the ways you have to kill these characters, cause they do it in all the campaigns. Um, you're like, I I put him through a, a freaking a helicopter rotor and that didn't kill him, but somehow impaling him on a pike kills him. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, that's Yeah, that, that that's <laughs> I didn't get that far, but what you're describing is kind of like, yeah, it does sound kind of ridiculous on it. Um I really want to give you send you guys that the link of that YouTube video that broke down Resident Evil Six. I would watch because it. Because he goes, um, I watched a couple of yeah, them that I really liked. It's, I mean, it's, it's a. I don't get the feeling that he bashes it. Um, I, but he kind of like looks at it from like a what happened standpoint. I need to find <laughs> it because, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a simple search. But it was something really good to listen to in the background as I was like doing dishes or, or something or going on a walk. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to send it to you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll link it in the chat. Um, or maybe I'll post on the, on the Facebook group page as well. Yeah. So overall, yeah, I mean, I did. And I don't know if I love this story. I, I think it's a fun entry in the series where if you're just looking for some action and, um, and I don't remember all of the stories. I thought it was fun that they intervened all the characters at some point, mm-hmm. um, kind of like lost. <laughs> you're like oh that's it was, it was a different storytelling way too so and i don't think re6 had done that before or resident evil hadn't done that before until re6 re5 still definitely fun um, but that's where like the whole co-op came in with chris and shiva and that game can still just be fun i mean if you're but again it's not i feel survivor horror like mike was saying it's but yeah, there's points you get to, you're like, man, I really need an herb, but I need my rocket launcher and I need my, you know, my semi-automatic, mach- <laughs> semi-automatic rifle and I need my pistol. And, and then those games just become really fun once you get like infinite ammo in your shotgun. Oh like yeah. That. The replayability <laughs> is very nice when you have unlimited everything. Yeah. And then still some areas are challenging. So mm-hmm. um, not sure I fully dig this system where there was all the different metals that you earn at the end of a level 
and there you know there's some like everything else that's hidden and then I was able to unlock a few figures just because I kind of remember what I did before because I had played the whole game before but I couldn't remember the full story but as I was playing through I was like oh I remember this and this is the crappy snowmobile chasing scene yep (laughs) and then it's the horrible crappy controls yep oh yeah so I died several times just because of crappy controls um but yeah overall yeah it was an interesting game and I, I just don't remember the whole um, the whole end of the story, the whole epilogue. But uh, I'm sure my buddy and I will go back and finish all the other campaigns. But he was like, this is a really long game if you do all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of need it, too, because in order to understand what's going on in the game, you have to see all points of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for me and Jake's story, uh, there's a couple times that, like, it's cool he has the acrobatic and like martial arts abilities, but it's really hard to use those sometimes because mm. mm-hmm. the dudes come at you so fast and often. So, and then again, it's got the like, oh, I can do this crazy jump and I survive. Because um, also in that in Jake's story with Sherry, you have the motorcycle one where you nip a car and you die, but he goes under a helicopter, hits a small ramp and jumps like four stories down, lands on the wheels and just goes just fine. And you're just like, who designed the physics of this game? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like fast and furious where you got to turn your brain off from that kind of stuff and just enjoy it. But you mm-hmm. know, the little things like that annoy me where my friend's like, you killed us again. And I'm like, okay, the driving on this one sucks. <laughs> And you really can't, like, turn and hit the gas at the same time or you're going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts All or right. things we want to chat about with RE6? I think we kind of... Uh, nope, we're good. But I actually, um, just, I'll, I'm just going to bring this up in 30 seconds and I'll time myself. Uh, <laughs> I forgot a piece of news that I wanted to put on, on the one note. Oh, go for um, it. But uh, the founders, or rather the co-founders of Blizzard, formed their own game company because they got tired of Activision. And so that company is called Dream Farm or something? Oh, geez. But yeah, so Blizzard is essentially reborn into a new game company because the current Blizzard Entertainment is completely overrun by uh, Bobby Kotick, who is the CEO of Activision. Um, It's no longer what they want. That's, in a game company. That's interesting. I wonder what that's going to mean for the new Diablo. Yeah, it's uh, com- they're completely funding themselves. Oh wow! They got two games in the works, and it's uh, they got two game studios. So yeah, the people, uh, it's uh, this guy, he's the co-founder of Blizzard, uh, who and he left in 2018 after some executive decisions were made that ended up costing a ton of people at Blizzard to lose their jobs. Oh, wow. He was just done with it because Activision's point of view was very much cut costs, bring out as many games as you can. Mm. And he's like, that's not how it's supposed to be run. So he left in 2018, went on hiatus for two years, and now he's back with his wife and he's like, let's make it. So he's actually gone and recruited veterans, friends, and, and contacts of his in the industry and they're all they're running two game studios simultaneously under one umbrella. Nice. So we won't we won't see what happens for the next like few years because they will take their time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Blizzard's definitely we'll known goes. for that. 
Oh yeah, yes. And this is this is they're running Blizzard how Blizzard was run back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it will be a it will be a while. It'll be a while before something comes out. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to bring that up. Oh, that's a good bit of news, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, I believe you are next to pick our new game of the month. What have you decided that we're <laughs> going to play for the month of October? So uh, we're going to play Yakuza 0. Um, I, you know, it's October. October is my favorite month. It's my birth month. It's also got my favorite holiday, Halloween. So it would have made sense to choose like a Halloween style game. But we kind of just did that with September. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so I felt like, okay. Uh, and I, we also just kind of, we've been talking about this for a long time. Anyway, we are going to be playing Yakuza zero. It was made in 2015. It was released in the States in 2016. Um, and it is, I, I think it's one of my top favorite games. Um, it is a relatively quick game. Um, I think the campaign can be anywhere from like 15 to 20 hours. Um, so it's it's not it's not too crazy. It can get crazy if you let it. Um, so just to kind of give you guys a heads up of what to expect, it is a crime drama slash action beat 'em up style game, um, and it knows how ridiculous it's, it it makes itself out to be, and it has fun with it. Um, if you kind of just if you're if you're short on time, like how we all were then I would just recommend that you guys don't even worry with the sub stories and just go through the campaign and you'll get through it pretty quick. That's what um, I have to do because I'm out but, of town for two weeks. But yeah. But if you do the fun doing the side stuff, isn't it? where like, all Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Let me, let me just give you Dude, kind of like a preview. If you decide to do the side stuff, Mike, 140 hours estimated to platinum this game, seven out of 10 difficulty with two playthroughs. Savage. Yes. That is savage. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. Let me give you kind of an idea of of what to expect. One of the main characters who you will meet in chapter one, his name is Kiryu. He's the, uh, he's the main guy in all of Yakuza. There are two characters you play as, but you start off as Kiryu. So Kiryu, in this uh, rendition, he's like 20, 21. He's extremely young. And he gets roped into doing a real estate business. This is all side story. You don't have to get into this, uh, but he gets roped into doing real estate business and it's a really cool, interesting kind of like money making overtime game. And you can recruit people from the game to help out and different people have different stats. Well, like if you go bowling one random night, you may find a chicken just kind of like in the bowling alley and you can recruit the chicken to be a property manager yes. or that makes me so happy. or you can, <laughs> or or you you'll go to a bar and uh this guy will approach you and be like hey i'm the bodyguard for um for jackie michaels do you know who jackie michaels is or something like that and you see this this uh this guy this and he's wearing like crazy glasses and he does a michael jackson dance move in the corner and he's like he's looking for someone to be in his zombie music video and you need to protect them from the zombie actors. And so you beat up zombies protecting who's essentially Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson will be like, yeah, I'll help you out with your real estate business. And he can be like a property manager. Yes. Or like the, like it gets really, really off the walls nuts. Um, at, the same, like at the same time, the story is substantially serious. So 
if you decide to go all out and platinum, you're in for a for a trip. Um, but if you don't have the time, just play the main story and only do enough sub stories so that you can like because sub stories give you experience points and stuff, and and you can get stronger. Uh, some sub stores will unlock certain abilities, so only do what you need to do to get through the game. But even depending on the difficulty level that you put, it, it won't be that bad. But I highly recommend you just zoom through chapter one as fast as you can, uh, because that chapter is what sold me on on the game on the, on the game series. So, so uh, just get through chapter one. Tell me what you think. Okay. So you just oh so you just want us to get through chapter one for the or you you do want us to try to complete. The game. I want you to go through the, I want you to beat the game. But what I'm saying is like get through chapter one as fast as you can, like knock that out mm-hmm. and see where you are at because chapter one I think is a good, it gives you a good idea of what to expect. Um, if anything, try to get to the end of chapter four because by the end of chapter four you've played um, both characters. And the stakes are set for both characters at the end of chapter four. Uh, each chapter takes about a little like an hour to an hour and a half. If you just zoom right through it, some chapters are incredibly short. Um, but like if, if you got any time tomorrow, just get through chapter one yeah, and uh, see where you're tonight. at. And then let you know. Yeah. Tell me what you guys think. All right. So just curious, um, with this being a zero, does would the next one be one? Like, is this like a prequel to the whole Yakuza story? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, um, we probably want to save some of it for the actual, when we talk about the game, but just kind of curious. Yes. Cause I know seven is coming out with the new systems, right? They're up through six currently. Yes. So, um, Yakuza one is technically the starting point. When Yakuza 0 was made, it was made with the intent of trying to get more people in the West into the series, and it was wildly successful. Um, so Yakuza 0, in fact, there's a documentary on YouTube that they just uploaded for free about like their intent for making Yakuza 0. Uh, oh, by the way, all the main characters, all the actors, they use their likeness. Um, all nice. the characters are like... like all the villains, they are really big movie stars in Japan. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, they're big movie stars in Japan. And one of the one of the main bad guys, he's like, the only thing he does is Yakuza movies. Um, and so like they they did everything from facial recognition and capture and motion acting. So you're actually looking at actors in Japan. Um that's just a kind of an interesting note, but the, the point of Yakuza zero was to bring people in while still kind of giving the fans that have been playing the game since its beginning, since its inception, uh, something new to look at. And it was, it was successful on that front too. So it's an entry point. And then if you decide to continue with the series, what you're going to want to play is Yakuza Kiwami one. Kiwami is the, remake of yakuza one which was on the playstation one era yeah they just gave that uh, for free on ps plus within the last year i think months. yeah within the last year yeah last year and then yakuza kiwami uh two is also a remake mm-hmm. um my opinion so far i'm on yakuza four i mean i'm going through it as as fast as i can but i don't like rushing through those games because it's like chocolate cake you know i eat too much of it and i just you know i get a stomach ache. I like to savor it. 
I like to listen to music as I'm enjoying it. Ponder life. <laughs> no. How can I improve myself and get a Yakuza back tattoo? Yeah, and like yeah. that's so that's uh that's kind of how I view the series. So I'm not I haven't zoomed all the way through it because I like diving into the other aspects of the game. So I'm on I'm barely on number four. Uh, I will get into seven when it comes out, but yeah. I'm, so when you guys jump into it, send me a message. Tell me what you think once you get through chapter one. Will do, man. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, um, the friend I play uh, Resident Evil five and six with, we've he's played the Yakuza games as well, and he he raves about them, and he's excited for me to try zero, and he recommended starting at zero. So he was. He was excited and sad when I told him it was our game of the month because he was like, there's no way you can do everything in that game in a month. And I was mm-hmm. like, I know, so I will do what I can. Because <laughs> he yeah. like, he's like, it's one of those games where you need to enjoy the story, but then he's like, a lot of the side quests and the other store, the sub stories are what really truly also make the game. So that yeah. was his. Don't come, like sub stories, will like they take like a little bit of time, but they're not like... They're not super intrusive, but they really show you what what the characters are like, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like I guess I, I didn't realize this initially, but there's like that big old real estate side thing that I told you about for Kiryu. For Kiryu. Uh, when you complete that, you actually get access to Kiryu's fighting style that he uses in subsequent games, hmm. which I just thought was a bonus fight style, but apparently it's like it was a big callback to fans of the game series. I didn't realize how big of a callback it was until I got to later games. And the same thing with the other character whose name is Majima. Um, Majima is consistently viewed as like the Joker of the Yakuza series, like not a bad guy Joker, but kind of like in the same vein. In fact, Majima, when he was done in English for the first couple of games, uh, he was voiced by Mark Hamill. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And now Yakuza 7 is being voiced in English again. And I think Mark Hamill does Majima's voice. So you can picture like this particular character in, in Mark Hamill's voice, if you like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's great. Um, check it out. Definitely. Looking forward to seeing if I'm worthy of becoming a member of the Yakuza. <laughs> it's great, guys. <laughs> All right. I think we've had a great episode. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Panda mm-hmm. Pat, Dungeon Master Mike, you guys got anything else you guys want to say before we close it out? Nope. Play what you like. <laughs> and on top of that, that's the motto I'm going to go by for this podcast. And on top of that, remember to play harder. <laughs> Game harder. Yep. Um, yep. Also, side note, Yakuza Zero is only eight bucks on uh, PSN right yeah. now. <laughs> That's awesome. Do it. Do it. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next time, man. Game harder. (laughs) See you next time, guys. Hey, guys. What's
What's up? My name is Rachie Mack, and I host a new podcast called K-Pop 101. Over the years, K-Pop has become a passion of mine, and I'm eager to learn as much as I can. While I do know a lot about K-Pop, I do not know all about K-Pop. And that's where you come in. Let's take a deep dive into the world of K-Culture together. What exactly is K-Pop? Where did it come from? How did BTS get so, so popular? Who exactly is the ultimate girl group in Korea? Tune in to K-Pop 101, part of the Geek Nerd Network.